Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast, bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle and here with Jay and Lucas. What's up, gentlemen? How's it going? Yeah, doing good, doing good. So uh, yeah, this is this is going to be fun. I'm, I'm liking this the new rotations that we've been going through. Yeah. And it's been interesting getting different point of views. So Lucas is in rotation this week, one of our fabled writers from the Fifth Trooper blog. So it's good to have you here. Thanks for putting me in, coach. Appreciate it. <laughs> Even though, you know, he talks a lot of crap about being the best Empire player. Oh, boy. So much so that maybe I'm going to switch over to a different faction and teach him a lesson. <laughs> Well, with that, I, I got a quick question for you, Jay. Yeah. Uh, you also play Empire, correct? Yes. And you've also been to LVO how many times? Twice. And have you ever made a 3-0 and made a cut at LVO? Yes. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely gone 3-0 and then gone and then lost one so but not made the, you you made it <laughs> yeah it was different format right i guess four was it was uh, a different I, format i know it's not comparable you but should have just said did you ever make the cut today too did that you ever was, make the cut today too <laughs> i have not lucas you are the superior empire player <laughs> thank you thank you just want to hear you say that <laughs> yeah, yeah well the next lvo maybe we'll we'll meet on the field of battle and duke it out yeah <laughs> There's a lot of Empire fans out there. I did a Facebook poll yeah. um, over the weekend being basically like, I don't know what to do. What pet faction should I play? And Empire beat out the second place, uh, which I think was Rebels, by like three to one. There were I, like 150 votes or something like that. Here, let me. I like may or may not message people and told them to vote Empire. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that explains a lot. I for sure met, voted Empire. It was an inside job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Empire, 155 votes. Uh, Rebels was 68, Republic 65, and Droids 37. Rip. I love it. <laughs> so Droids beat uh, Republic? No, Republic was uh, 65. Oh, 65. Okay. I was going to cool. say, I feel like everyone's complaining about droids being everywhere. I'd be shocked if we wanted you to play that. Yeah, nobody. That was the that was the lowest one by a lot. So No, I think that makes sense. for most people, I would guess. Um, well, I think there's two things going on. I think one, Empire just has outside, second to maybe Rebels, but I don't know. They're kind of neck and neck. Empire has the coolest stuff, I think. Not not necessarily, I'm not saying in game, right? How it functions. I'm just saying cool wise, you got Vader, exactly. you got yeah, you yeah. got Palpatine, you got ATSTs, you've got, you know, there's a lot of neat, there's a lot of neat stuff in the Empire. And so I think a lot of people, and I think and Lucas, you know, can attest to this too, because I think we're in the same boat where every every week I have a different empire list. Cause I'm just like, oh man, like but this could work too, you know? And I, I just, I think everyone wants something to work and to see empire go the distance at some place. Cause I think we can, I think it's just, yeah. What's the list, you know, makeup that gets us there. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, just recently uh, this week will be coming out. I've been doing an article on Iden and there's tons of fun stuff Iden can still do. Um, so I think there's a lot of fun stuff at bark and play. I do think I've kind of identified like a, top two or three things I think are really good. Um, for example, uh, at LVO, 
hang on, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> I want to I want to stop you because we are going to talk about empire lists almost certainly <laughs> in one of our main topics today. Right? <laughs> and I don't want to like dive too far yeah, yeah, yeah. before we get to that. So Sorry. today today we are going to talk about um, sniper tactics 101. Uh, I'm sure we've done a sniper episode at some point in our previous 200 episodes or whatever number yeah. we're up to now. Um, but uh, it's been a while, yep. and there's new sniper rules yep. specifically for the Clone War, or, sorry, Civil War strike teams. Um, so we'll hit that, and then we're going to talk about how to counter droids because apparently they're everywhere now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was yep. like the only only droid player at my local, you know, uh, two years ago, and. Uh, uh, there was a tournament this weekend, I guess, where like 75% of the players were droids. <laughs> so, and then, of course, there my was my local OBO. shop. We had that uh, last month. We had so. 10 people play, and I think seven of them were droids. Yeah. So, we're going to talk about countering droids and we're going to talk about snipers 101. Um, so, hold that, hold that, put that that thought in the parking lot. We just got so excited. You you said something about Empire. We just like, I can't. (laughs) I would love, I would very much want to talk about Empire today. So heck yeah. Um, But uh, you got any housekeeping for us first, Jay? Yeah, uh, of course. Um, As always, we, we have Stormtide, which is our monthly narrative box. We are, we are getting onto box seven this month, which is actually the start of se- what we're calling season two. And what makes it so exciting is that you're actually going to be, as a new player, you can jump in with the season two monthly box and you can start now. Um, but it doesn't take away for those of you that have been playing for the last six months. So we've had lots of people playing for the last six months and have been, you know, playing the, the narrative mission and driving it and box seven. Um, two really big things that are happening that I'm really excited about is uh, we've had commanders with skill trees where you could customize your commander and figure out what kind of a commander they want to be. Well, I'm adding operatives to that now too. So you're going to have three different operative skill trees that you can follow um, and and make make your own operative um, as well as the commanders. You'll be able to continue their skill trees. And also we're doing four minis in this box um, to fill out, you know, those operatives and, com- and commanders. And for those of you who have played, you, you know that like our first two commanders seemed very faction orientated to two specific factions. Uh, some of them were very authoritative um, and the other ones were very insurgent like. Um, and so you guys could take whatever you want from that. And so, <clears throat> you know, really what I wanted to do with this next one is Um, not only for the operatives, but for all to to fill out all four factions um, and to fill out, you know, what you're going to be able to do with those skill trees. So if you were someone who's been uh, playing for six months and you have some uh, space monk that can tap into the power with laser swords, um, there's going to be a mini for that now. Um, If you're a, you know, a droid player uh, who has kind of a, a gunslinging droid commander, there's a mini for that now. Um, and so there's a couple other minis. So I'm really excited about that. And also we saw it a little bit at box six, uh, at the end of box six, but really in box seven, you're, we've been, uh, for those of you who don't know, after every Stormtide mission, there's a thing that they scan, a QR tag that they scan. You fill out a form telling us what happened in your battle. Well, everyone's been asking, what does that mean? Why have I been doing that? 
well, now we're going to find out. So in box seven, uh, on this planet that we've taken you to, there's actually going to be these different zones of the planet that you travel to. And if your ship has won the most in those zones over all the games that have been recorded, you're going to get special effects, I'm going to call them, in those zones that you're playing in. Uh, and so that's going to change because this is going to be a living game. So we're going to have a space on the website where you can check in when you start your game to see who's controlling that zone at that moment. And then that's who's going to get the benefit. So you could go back, replay the games and try to build up, you know, try to win uh, your ship to, to, to win over those zones again. If you want, you can encourage other players to record their games uh, so that you get your bonuses in, in, in those zones. So I'm really excited about that, if you can't tell. Um, and then other than that, for housekeeping, you know, we've, we've got uh, our new our order to token designs are in stock. Uh, so you could get order tokens if you've missed out on that. And then the last thing is, if you're going to Adepticon, we will be there. We're going to have a full booth. Um, we're sponsoring some of the events. I'm really excited about it. And uh, you could come say hi. You know, I'm going to be there. Kyle, I believe, is going to be there. Um, so we're, and Lucas may or may not be there. I don't know yet, but no, Lucas won't be there. So just me and Kyle. No, uh, and a bunch of the other people from the Fifth Trooper will be there. So you can uh, stop by the booth, say hi. You can come play test. Uh, you can come play test Stormtide if you want. You can come see the miniatures. Like, it's going to be great. So we're really excited about that. So if, if you haven't gotten your tickets to Adepticon yet, you should. You should come check us out. Um, and also, Kyle, I know you wanted us to mention this. There is a uh, terrain contest. <clears throat> for Adepticon. So if you are coming to Adepticon, um, all uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol and Legion are both having terrain contests. You bring your terrain, you set it up, let the players play on it, basically. And then there's going to be, I don't know what the awards are or, or placings are, but you can check out the, the Star Wars Legion Adepticon page on Facebook, and that'll give you all the information. So check that out. If you love building terrain, it's just there's all these great ways. Uh, and this is what I love so much about this game. And all I get, uh, you know, a lot of the miniature games are like this is like all the great ways you can express yourself outside of just being like a hyper sweaty competitive player. Um, you can build amazing terrain. You can paint amazing models. You could do all this other cool stuff uh, and, and play. And it's, and it's just going to be amazing. And, you know, Adepticon's going to have skirmish games. They're going to have a narrative. They've got a bunch of stuff going on, which is really cool. Um, and so I, I recommend going, it's going to be a blast. It's in Chicago. It's usually easy to get in and out and pretty cheap. And I say that as someone who comes from somewhere that it's expensive as hell to fly anywhere. Uh, so, you know, um, it's easy to get to Chicago. If I can get there relatively easy, you, you should be able to. So, um, I, please come to, come to Adepticon, come say hi. Um, I believe there's still seats in some of the events. So sign up. It's at the end of March, bring your train, bring your models, enter the contest, enter the painting contest. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm excited. Sorry, Kyle, I'm all wound up. That's I think. No, I'm very excited about Adepticon too. It's one of those things. Um, it still doesn't quite feel real to me just because we've had basically, you know, we had the 2021 20, that was canceled and then yep, here we are two years later. 2021, and, yep. Yep, and then finally 
like it's happening again yeah and like <laughs> i don't want to believe it until i'm i'm there <laughs> yeah, you know right. what i mean yeah, yeah. Um, because i'm just like so excited for depticon so, me too yeah i uh i can't wait to get some deep dish i'm like jonesing you guys are giving me fomo <laughs> uh i had major fomo at lvo or watching lvo same so, same yeah um yeah deep dish hot dogs uh oh yeah uh going to wrigley and having a hot dog oh my god yeah. there's nothing I, there's nothing like it in the whole world i grew up in chicago so um the food is like the thing i think that i miss the most mm-hmm. uh it's you know you, chicago style hot dogs you can get some like serviceable deep dish pizza outside chicago um at least like c plus imitation deep dish pizza but you really can't get a good chicago style hot dog outside chicago you can't Uh, replicate it i've tried it's impossible so um i miss it every time i go back i have to just gorge myself on chicago food so well good i look forward to that i know that's a kind of (laughs) we'll be playing in a food coma yeah (laughs) I'm going to roll back from lunch and be like, uh, what's, what is this? <laughs> You'll just right. see me napping at the, underneath the table yeah. in the booth, my arm hanging out. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, so that was Adepticon. Um, any other housekeeping stuff? Uh, go to the website, read the blog. We've got, we've got a stable of writers. They've all been producing amazing articles um, they've all been doing great, great job. And so support them, read their articles, right? Because I judge them based on the amount of views. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> they, they, no, they've been doing a, an amazing job. And it, I'm sure you see them every week. There's a new, new one of our writers is posting a new, a new blog article every week. So, you know, go check them out. There's some great work and, and, you know, you guys got all different tones and styles, which I love. And so I've been, re- I've been really enjoying it. So yeah, please, and you know, go read these articles. Uh, they've been doing a great job. Yeah. Can we talk about Iden this week? I think right day after the cast comes out typically. It'll, yeah. it depends on yeah. how my week goes. It's one, <laughs> it's one or the other, but yeah, yes. Yeah. Short take. We'll get to some of this later, but I think Iden still has some play, uh, I think she's been underrepresented, so excited to play with some of that stuff. Yeah, I agree. Isn't that a funny statement? Because she wasn't for a while. Well, she's always been amazing, but I, people just don't like 333, I think, as yeah. a strategy. They don't like the whole Alpha Strike idea. Uh, but there's a version of 333 now that might have some green lizards in it that seems <laughs> a lot more fun to me because while 333 doesn't seem that exciting, following up an alpha strike with a bunch of lizards does sound fun to me. <laughs> well, uh, that's going to be cool to read. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, let's hit our first primary topic and talk Snipers 101. I'm pretending that I'm putting a clip in here. I may or may not. It depends on the day. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got a voiceover for you. Snipers 101. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Sold. It'd be funny if you clipped that part and put it back over the <laughs> yeah. clip something. Just had it in there twice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So um snipers are one of those things that used to be. Let's talk about a brief history of snipers. 
Uh, so when snipers first came out, they were sniper strike teams. Yeah. And of course, um, droids and clones were not in the game yet. So it was just commandos and scouts. And they had unlimited range. Yep. Uh, <laughs> which was a thing. Range <laughs> five was not a thing yet. Nope. At all. Didn't exist. Uh, did not That's exist. Corsist has four range rulers. Yep. Um, and they were like 40. Four points, I think, uh, for the strike team. And you could deploy them at two different elevations at that time yes. when they first came out. you could deploy out. them at two different elevations. <laughs> yeah. Which leans into the first thing I think that we should talk about um, once we get to the strategy. Yeah. Uh, which is corner peeking. That's probably the most important thing to do with snipers. We'll get to that. Um, it turns out they were pretty good. Everybody yeah. was taking three of them. Uh, they were cheap. They were timing neutral, which basically means that when you pull their token... Uh, whether you pull them early or you pull them late, uh, you probably don't care. Um, yep. And they were long range, which meant they were relatively safe from everything except other snipers. So, and bombardments like maximum firepower and yeah. bombardment. I was going to say, actually, there was a lot of value in both of those at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. um, uh, but people were taking three of them in basically every list. Uh, other special forces were like not even a thing except for death troopers because you could take them with entourage and same with royal guard because you could still take three snipers and then take something else Um, but wookies were nowhere to be seen full commandos full scouts were nowhere to be seen Uh, so they got a points increase and they created the range five range band genius move nice job ffg Um, and uh yeah it was um it was a big change for them uh they were still really effective but it was no longer Mm -hmm. like you know, just literally shoot anything they can see. Yeah. So, and they got a price awesome. increase too, I think. Well, well, and I think all of that added up because like Kyle said, back in the beginning when they came out, they were auto take. Like if you weren't taking them at a competitive event, you were losing out. Like I, that's someone who hates them. I hate them, but you had to take them at that time. Yep. And then as soon as those changes came in, I think that allowed the game to open up into all these different areas of what we're seeing today was because then they were, I, I don't like the word nerfed, they were recalculated in a way that made them make more sense to the game so that you really do struggle looking at other units in that same slot, that special forces slot and going, I mean, I could have snipers, but I also could have Wookiees, you know? And so, yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with you. I think it's one of the best moves that was, was made uh, to the game. Yeah. The other special forces options got better in relative terms. Uh, Wookiees got buffed. Pathfinders got numerous points decreases. Um, Death Troopers got points decreases. So did Royal Guard. Um, Of course, we got the new strike teams with the Clone Wars. Arcs were gross when they first came. Unstoppable is the word I would use. Yeah, Yeah. the strikes were 52 points. And they also had critical. Um, And tactical. Well, they still have tactical. Yeah. But yeah um so yeah they could basically fire on the move just as effectively if not more effectively than the original uh extremely strong sniper strike teams (laughs) could fire while standing (laughs) still um so uh yeah they've been nerfed since then um debatable whether they're even worth taking at this point we were having this debate in the fifth trooper chat earlier (laughs) uh we'll get to that uh bx snipers sort of less splashy but still pretty good yeah um Anyway, 
uh, now the clone, the Civil War snipers have been sort of pushed out by other options so much that they actually got buffed in the last uh, errata slash points update with low profile, which is pretty big. Yep. Um, and the, scout and scout three for empire ones. Scout three for empire. Yep. yep. Uh, they're Makes still sense. the same cost. They're called scout troopers. Makes sense that they'd have a big scout yeah. value. Right. So that is that is a brief history of snipers for those that are new to the game. Um, so let's. Why don't we talk about tactics? I yeah, I would love this. Okay. Uh, so, go ahead, Kyle. You bring corner up the first. Tell us, tell us oh. about corner peeking. What's corner peeking? Corner peeking is the best thing that's ever been invented, and the reason is. Because even after taking shots, your unit is still viable and usable. Um, And so basically what you're doing is, you know, generally what you do when you deploy snipers is you deploy deploy them, if you can, both behind line of sight blocking terrain. So your opponent can't see them. They can't get to them that first round. So you kind of have some uh, automation on what you're going to do with them. So then what you do is round one, if it makes sense, uh, and most times it does, you take the unit leader, which is the sniper, uh, and you peek him around the corner, corner peeking, leave the other unit within the cohesion bubble, which is speed one, and keep him behind a line of sight blocking terrain. And you just put the little sniper mini out there so he can see and you take your shots. And so what that does is you can only kill the minis you can see. So when they return fire or if something comes in to to shoot it and they end up getting wounds through, which we're going to talk about how easy that is in a second. uh, But when they end up getting wounds through, they can't destroy the whole unit. They can only destroy the mini they can see, which is your unit leader, which he then replaces the other mini and you pull the other mini from the table because of how unit leaders have to be the last mini to leave the table out of a unit. Yeah, this uniquely only works with strike teams. I know for newer players, it doesn't always make sense, right? Because if a heavy gets shot, it would die. But since in a strike team, your heavy weapon is a unit leader, this works. Yep. Yep. And it is kind of necessary for them to function at all. uh, Because Mm -hmm. if your sniper died the first time they got shot, then they would effectively have one wound. And that would be a pretty useless unit. So... um. But yeah, corner peeking is one of those things that um, did not take people very long to figure it out. And once they did, they were like, wow, these these are actually really good units. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, some of the ways you could do it is you can if you're on the same elevation, you can just move them out around a building. Um, the other thing that you could do is you could climb a building. And when you are doing your cohesion, you can be at least I think it's under uh, height, height one, one, right? Yeah. Height one. So you can leave the uh, one mini on the ground and then put the sniper up in the tower or on top of the building to, to get an elevation advantage o- over the, your opponent. Mm-hmm. Just be careful if you don't have grappling hooks because I've definitely lost a sniper model yeah. <laughs> via a clamber check before. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. I, yeah. You do. You, you de- if, unless you absolutely have to get up there, you may want to spend a turn climbing. Like if you know yeah. based on the on how the layout of the table is happening that hey they're you know you know what your opponent has you have a good idea of how they're going to run you're like they're not going to get within range five in turn one I can just climb up and it'll be yeah. you know, I'm not wasting anything here but I'm getting a more advantageous position for them to see the to, you know to see the table when my opponent does get to 
to range five, that's that's when you do it. Usually, I think that's those are real corner cases when you want to put them on different elevation levels. You generally want to leave them at the same elevation and just peek around the building. Yeah, unless there's a ladder, then sometimes it's a little easier to do because right, that's yep. typically a clamber that you don't have to roll for. Um, right. But often I'll still just peek on the ground on the same level like Jay was talking about, mainly just because mobility, because maybe later in the game, you know, it's key positions. And at the yep. end of the game, I need to run to my key position and touch it, something along those lines. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. Um, strike teams are a really great backfield uh, victory point winner, right? Whether it's key positions, recover the supplies, uh, intercept the transmissions, like these are all great 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 uh, uh objectives for for your strike teams yeah they're even great for center objectives as the game goes on right if you have multiple of them because they typically survive to late game if you're playing them properly and so i very often will you know rush in at the end with my snipers uh to get those extra bodies onto something oh yeah yep all right let's talk a little bit about target priority um what do you what do you go after first when you have snipers? So right depends on the faction yep. and what you're playing against. Um, typically, uh, red saves. If something has a red save, because right it has pierce, that's what you want to shoot for. Back in the day, I would usually say shoot the other snipers. But now that Galactic Civil War snipers have low profile, uh, I don't think it's worth shooting them. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who don't know, what low profile does is you will have sharpshooter, which will reduce heavy cover to light, but low profile now just blocks a hit. So now your sniper or two dice has, like, even if you roll two hits, it's blocked. So you need crits. And so if you're aim shooting, um, right, that's a uh, about 50%-ish chance of getting it's, a crit. It's, it's lower, yeah. Yeah. It's a little lower, but yeah, it's not great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not amazing. Target. Yeah. So I would say typically red saves and things in the open or light cover are really like the perfect opportunity. Yeah. I feel like many times is when there's like stormtroopers or clones in a piece of light cover. Um, that's almost always, you know, just two dead models. If you have a named shot, um, you also sometimes want to shoot vehicles. I play with snipers and I'm very like on armor, especially red save armor. It's not uncommon that I will aim shoot at armor against uh, separatists in particular. If they're running an AAT list and they just have B1s. Even though you could pick off a B1, that's not a very high value target. So it's often more worth it just to aim, shoot at the tank, and you go for that almost 50% um, chance of putting a wound there. If you're talking about something like the Sabre that has weak point sides, then hopefully yeah. you can get your snipers around the sides. And then they also have impact one. Mm -hmm. And the, the Civil War snipers, which have both high velocity and pierce, basically completely circumvent the normal defenses of the Sabre, yeah. which is the save and dodge tokens. So Yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree with all of that. I, I think, um, you know, I think priority targeting also depends, uh, like you guys were saying, it's also dependent, like we're giving you a generalized view of yeah. it, but, you know, it's also dependent on what your opponent's doing. Like if he's not moving his AAT up, you know, for you to get within that distance and you don't feel like, like you can safely move your snipers into a position where then just shoot whatever is available, <laughs> like just yeah. start shooting yeah. stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Because even with, even with droids with eight, you know, minis, it's still, it, you generally can get two 
Um, and you got to start somewhere. And you guys, yeah. yeah, exactly. You, you right. It's just how to eat an elephant. That's how, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> One bite at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do, do shoot what you can shoot without exposing your snipers. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the first thing that I always think about. Um, yeah. Play conservatively. Yeah. Cover is the second primary consideration, I would say. Um, with only two dice, the difference between canceling a hit and not having any kits hits canceled is huge. Yeah. Um, you know, they have sharpshooter ones. So if you can shoot something in light cover or no cover, uh, I usually strongly prefer that to something in heavy cover. Yeah. Um, I would say the exception is if, if they have like a lone unit leader that you can eliminate and you just need to do one wound anyway. Um, picking off like single man activations is. Uh, an excellent use of snipers and you yep. should always mm -hmm. try and do that when possible so yeah 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 and i would say right and as that shifts when you're really in the mix of things i generally use them as kind of my cleanup crew so you know if my major pieces like my atsts or you know a, a force user are like already in the mix and just eliminating stuff you can then like dis you can then move on to other units if you get a unit down to like one or two because you know you've got snipers to kind of clean up the field after them so they're not what what it does is it's opening up the rest of your army to then to pick a higher value target that maybe your snipers can't get to so that they can move on and and do more damage uh, mm -hmm. during the game yeah another really great target for snipers is forest users since you can catch them dodgeless um all right one of the things that really helps force users in most cases is having a dodge when you're in positions you could be shot or on the approach um hang on we're talking part... about high high velocity snipers yeah right, right. Oh, sorry okay. i i play galactic civil war mainly yeah. so <laughs> and you have to snipers. differentiate yeah that is true yeah. so um right the new snipers only have immune deflect so you can't be deflected but you don't get around those dodges whereas gcw ones do um, in both cases, they're both great for shooting forest users, but especially GCW since they have high velocity. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you're the... forcing that 50% save, which is pretty big. Yep. And BX strikes are pretty good against that if they don't have a dodge. Um, because often you're in a situation where you don't have an aim on them anyway, so you're not going to get the value out of lethal, but they're pierce immune. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're just forcing one to two saves with those red dice. Um, and if you're going to just be forcing saves without piercing, you might as well do it on a high value target, like a force user. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I also want to talk real quick while we're talking about target party about scoping. Yeah. Yep. Do you guys yeah. know what I mean when I talk about scoping? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, there are some nuances to the casualty removal rules. Um, I would encourage you if you haven't read the article on cohesion, that's up on our site. It's all about cohesion fundamentals. Uh, just go on the blog and search cohesion. You'll find it. Uh, but one of the things that's most important with cohesion is to make sure that your heavy weapons are kind of buried in the middle of your unit and not on one of the edges. Just make sure they're not like in a line with the unit leader and nobody else, because that's another way to get scoped. Uh, but basically, you can only remove the models that you can see, right? Yep. So if your opponent has a heavy weapon on you know one edge of their unit or another then potentially you could set up a shot so that you just scope that heavy and then they have to pick up the heavy while the rest of their their unit is still fine mm -hmm. um this is especially applicable with snipers because the longer the range you have the more intervening terrain pieces you have to set up shots like that 
So with snipers, always be aware of if your opponent has heavy models that are like on the edge of their units or like in the middle of their unit, just stacked with a unit leader and nothing else. Because sometimes you can get them like between two terrain pieces that way too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's one of those things. It's funny. Cause that can, that can even happen, you know, with sometimes just regular units. So yep. that's a good practice to just, that's ingrained into some of us who have been playing this long enough. Like whenever, if I need to take a shot with my, you know, a long range shot with my heavy weapon, I, I'm never leaving him hanging out. I always put at least two models out there yep. with them. Cause I'm just like, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, um, just in case, you know, and, and that's just something built into me from the sniper days. That's actually, I think applicable across, even if your opponent doesn't have snipers just to be safe. Yeah. When you get caught with that once, you're never going to forget. Yeah. I had one game where I deployed all my stormtroopers in the exact same way. So just as being absent-minded and the way I put it was, um, the unit leader and heavy on one side and then the other three on the other. And so the way it ended up was there's this piece of terrain. And as he went into the open the first two things he saw was a unit leader in the heavies and my opponent terrain scoped off three of my heavies with all of his snipers <laughs> right after that and let's just say from that moment on i am very intentional at my placement because that felt awful oh, <laughs> it yeah. was just, you know four white dice stormtroopers around after that <laughs> talking about really learning your lesson oh my gosh he, he really punished you for that one yeah yeah school of hard knocks man yep. <laughs> and it's it's one of those things that it's kind of it's kind of a consequence of the casualty removal rules that like 95 percent of the time the reason they work that way is with good reason for sure yeah um so it you know it is what it is you just learn learn from your mistakes <laughs> yeah. the first time yeah. it happens to you um but if you're the one running snipers, you know, make sure you're looking out for those shots because those, mm -hmm. those can make a difference for sure. Um, let's talk real quick because I want to go back to something you said initially with your deployment, Jay, um, yeah. about kind of like sniper alphas, hmm. alpha strikes. Um, sometimes there are situations where because of the scout moves, you can actually set up shots on the first turn. And uh, you can either do something like play a one pip to like take a shot and then move back behind cover if you can set up a good shot. Um, or, you know, sometimes your opponent doesn't have any long range units. Like there, especially now these days, there are a lot of lists that are just kind of shorter range. Yep. Or, or the long range units that they have are not threats to your snipers because you can, you know, if you've got the Civil War snipers, you can corner peek with low profile. Um, so if they've only got like a couple dice and no criticals, then they're not going to be a threat anyway so you can basically scout to set up your shot during deployment and then do an aim shot or do a shoot move on the first turn yeah that's and i mean i think that with the empire um getting scout three now right like that's that's a much more uh much much more clear with empire now than it than it was before with only scout one right um that was never something i really did with the empire back then because like uh, this is not a great idea but now with scout three you can get yourself into some really neat spots that you couldn't mm -hmm. before which is great and with snipers this was something very common when we first started the game um with we talked briefly before but like leia's bombardment and same with veers <laughs> yeah um, not leaving them out where you can be shot. And that kind of went away for a while. But now we have uh, super tactical droids, a sharpshooter two, and four yep. dice. And so the one thing with snipers is if you do make it where two can be seen, they can very easily get shot off the board by a super tactical droid. And as we're going to talk about separatists, separatists are everywhere. And so that's something you want to be 
keep in mind uh, because it felt like that strategy kind of went away as Veers and Leia became less popular, but now it's super tactical droids are everywhere. If you leave two snipers where they can be seen, uh, they're going to get one shot by attack droid quite easily. Yep. And, and lose, I, losing an activation like that on the first turn is like, oh, it's hard to recover from that. Yeah. yeah. You got to look at the angles too, right? Because they can deploy their attack droid last and catch you out. So that's why you want to be real intentional. That if you are going to deploy where you want a shot off the beginning, make sure there's no attack droid on the other side of the board. And if there is, make sure that second model is completely hidden. Um, something I'll sometimes do when I don't have good cover is you can put one model like on each side of a diagonal. So you have like a 90 degree angle. You put one here and one here. And so if the attack droid deploys on a, either side of that building, that's, you know, a 90 degree angle, you can only see one model. Yeah, and I would say, you know, we've been saying snipers a lot here, but I, I think most of this applies to the saboteur version of the of the yeah. strike teams as well. Um, probably like 95 percent of what we mm -hmm. just said applies to, to yeah. the saboteurs as well, because when you're dropping that bomb, what you can do is if you hide one around the corner and you really have to take the bomb and blow it up while your unit is in range, you just hide the other mini around the corner where it's out of line of sight of that bomb. And it, it won't kill your entire unit. So you'll still have that unit able to trigger the other bombs and stuff as well. Um, so it's just a really neat trick overall with strike teams. And with regular units too, um, sometimes like if you're in a situation where you're putting a unit in a dangerous position to take like a high risk, high reward shot and you want to preserve that unit, if you don't need like the extra dice from one dude, sometimes you can just throw one dude behind a line of sight blocker and be like, mm -hmm. all right, maybe these guys are going to get pasted on return fire, but they can't get wiped. Yep. Um, I do that a lot with B1s just because, you know, what that guy's throwing one more red, white dice. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> all right, we can probably do without that to make sure that this unit doesn't die on return yep. fire. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's great. You know, that's something I do. I, with if I'm running stormtroopers and they have a heavy because uh, a lot of times with stormtroopers, um, well, me, a lot of times when I play stormtroopers, I find myself doing those high risk, high reward yeah. scenarios. <laughs> and so I'm always like, yeah, I'm going to hide this guy back here so I can still get the objective. <laughs> you yep. know? Uh, all right. Let's talk real quick about the faction differences between the various strike teams. Um, I mean, I think the biggest one is is between the Civil War era specifically and the Clone Wars. It's just the um, lack of high velocity and native pierce on the, mm -hmm. on the Clone Wars era ones. Um, they have better dice, but also yep. less no ways profile. to bypass defenses. So, yep. which I thematically is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they're a little bit different from each other. Yeah. I mean, think about it, like the rebels, like if we really were thinking about it, you know, some of some of the rebels were old clone guys, right? That were like coming up through the ranks and fighting for the rebels and have been fighting war for years and years and years and years. And so, of course, they're going to be better snipers that know how to get around defenses. You know, I like that. Mm -hmm. And it means like if you're facing uh, arcs or BX strikes, take dodges. Hmm. Like take the dodge yeah. action, yeah. even if you're like Empire or something that doesn't normally take the dodge action, do that. Um, because it's pretty difficult. Like if you're in heavy cover and you have a dodge, a BX strike team is not going to be able to touch you unless they roll a crit. Yeah. yeah. So same with an arc. It's just going to straight up bounce. So. 
I think the other big difference between Civil War and uh, Clone Wars is the saboteurs. I think they're yeah. a lot they're a lot more realistic with the I know I know the Deox droids right for for Deoxys. for CIC yeah, yeah Deoxys. Um but like yeah I think that they're between both Rebels and Empire ha, I think still to this day have very good uses for the saboteur teams and taking triple sab teams versus triple sniper teams especially in this yeah. melee heavy meta we're in right now. Yep. I also think one difference a little bit is the um, Clone Wars snipers are a bit better skirmishers up close. Like I'll often with my BX droids flank and come up to range three. So there's two reds, two whites. Um, and similar with the arcs, right? They Their move shot is just as deadly as an aim shoot. And if they get to four uh, range two, it's four dice, range three, three dice. Um, they have red saves and they also have impervious, so a little more, a little more hardy. And so I find with them, you can kind of do some more movements and flanking. Whereas with the Galactic Civil War, I often just stick them in heavy cover, especially now with low profile and just aim shoot all game. Yeah. Yep. The droids right. are real nasty flankers, especially like they got a unit flame with one model. You just scale up a building, schwack it and push <laughs> to the middle, scale back down, you know, kill another one man unit at the back or, you know, start shooting that the enemy T-series that's trying to hide. <laughs> yeah, BXs, uh, because of scale, can take huge advantage of that, you know, clamber up and leave one guy down, uh, mm-hmm. corner corner peaking style. And I, you know, it's funny, because we're talking about all this and, and, and snipers, and I think BX droids have the same problem as Civil War. I think they're a really good unit in, in a faction that has a lot of really good units right and so (laughs) it's the same thing with empire and 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 rebels now right like choice is good there's a lot i like people aren't taking snipers because they're not good anymore they're just not taking them because there's other stuff that fits their list or their style better and i think bx droids are 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 a victim of that as well yeah i think snipers are still being played but you knit on the head that there's choices now um I'm a much bigger fan. Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah, yeah, totally yeah. a positive. It's amazing. Right? Because snipers are still fully competitive, but now, you know, Wookiees are competitive and Death Troopers and, uh, you know, all sorts of different stuff that you can throw in your lists now. Yeah. And I think that's the thing outside of just, you know, because I, I sometimes I see these posts where people are like, oh, or, you know, is outside of the lat, I think everything is pretty playable in this game right now. Um, and so, you know, like when people are like, well, I don't see the bus or I don't see this anymore. Is it just not good anymore? I'm like, no, just there's like a thousand other choices. So people just yeah. have, have moved on for a little bit. Right. And yep. so like, um, I I hope that I, I challenge anyone out there to find a way to make the lat usable in, in either faction. I don't care. <laughs> uh, there must be a way that, because this happens kyle kyle knows we've been doing this for so long that like one podcast will be like oh that unit sucks and then like the next event somebody will come up with some insane way to use it like lupo with saboteurs years ago right like no one was using sabs no one even thought about it and then lupo was like oh i'm gonna do this and we're all like what like how what that's a thing and so you know it only takes one. And so for you listening in podcast land, you could be the one. You could be the one that comes up with some crazy yeah. lat list that is unstoppable. So do it. 
or might just get the air speeder treatment where it's awful <laughs> for years and then out of nowhere it just gets buffed and now it's yeah. one of the best units in the game. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. That right. We just said that the T47 is one of the best units in the game. And how many are you going to see those at your local event? Not many. Isn't that crazy? That's the kind yeah, of game yeah. we're playing right now. Um, speaking of T47s, let's talk real quick about how to counter snipers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> things that are fast and can get in the backfield. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any infinite range attacks, like we said, uh, if you have a super tactical droid, and there's snipers on the other end of the battlefield, uh, try to deploy that guy last. And if you can set it up where it doesn't matter where he goes, you can, if you can get a shot out in the open right off the bat, you know, that's pretty huge. Um, all right. Killing an activation in turn one is massive. Yeah. So any, any of the fast repulsor vehicles, speeder bikes, uh, the bark, um, T 47, the land speeder, trying to think what else. Tauntauns are pretty good at it. They they mm -hmm. can get there kind of fast. D-backs. Yeah. Yeah. This is something people don't realize. If your sniper can shoot a do-back, the do-back uh, can shoot you. Because <laughs> uh, do-backs moves, if it spurs, yeah. is longer than range one, and they have a range <laughs> three gun. So yep. you do two moves plus range three, uh, that's within range five. And so that's another pretty cheeky one. You got to be careful. And that yep. range, and that range three gun has critical. Yep, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. and critical is one of the ways to get around a low profile. And they have relentless, so they're yeah. moving and shooting. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, speeders, other things that are fast. Yep. Critical. Yeah. Uh, sharpshooter too. Not vehicles. I I want to make this clear. Do not use an AAT or an ATST to shoot snipers. Just well, don't don't do it unless you have to and they're in the open because if you can't see the other guy you're going to waste nine day nine to twelve dice like i mean that's how i view it um i'm saying if I, you can't see the other guy if he's behind the line of sight yeah and you sh you're only getting the one so i mean do you there's got to be it's, unless there's no other targets which is which happens which can happen but if Especially you have the first couple turns yes if you have other targets shoot those before you yeah. shoot yeah like always yeah critical against just, gcw oh sorry no well i was just gonna say because it seems like i think a lot of people and kyle i i know where what you're thinking but like a lot of people in their head are like well i'll just put 12 9 8 8 9 12 dice into this and it'll kill it well if you can't see the other one it doesn't and you just wasted all those dice that you yeah. could have shot this other unit and got rid of three or four minis right and so that's just it depends on what your other targets are. It might still be worthwhile to do that. Yes. Because, because once you've killed one sniper mini in a strike team, the other mini has to be like super careful. Yes. Um, and you've almost just created basically just nothing more than a backfield objective guy. I agree. Um, They're still super dangerous. And yeah, I think if it's, you're right. I'm sorry. If it's advantageous to the game and you're going to, and it's the right decision. It depends a lot it. on your game state. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Jay. Only Sith deal in absolutes. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yeah. Luke Skywalker, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, no, fish, spoilers. no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. Um, yeah. All right. You guys got any other sniper thoughts? Yeah. Sorry. That was just a, like a long time heavy 
players view on snipers and going (laughs) i've tried we've tried this (laughs) it doesn't go the way you think it's gonna go (laughs) no i think we i think we got it pretty good i i again i think the reason we're bringing it up is i you know we all agree i think that they still have value right you're not seeing them right now um but you're gonna and so you should be prepared for them when you do yeah, and their unit that right that is a very unique play style, also strike teams, right? Because nothing else has that feature where corner peaking is really advantageous. Um, they're kind of like speeders. I feel like you could do you know half an episode talking about just how to maneuver speeders and proper those differently because it's a very unique mechanic and play style. Whereas you know, most troopers with guns kind of more or less handle the same, right? Like try not to get shot by your opponent and then try to get into the range yeah. band with all of them at once. Don't overextend with any one unit. And like kind of all those units play the same way. <laughs> Things that can walk and have guns. It's like the same rules. You just change the range band you're playing in. Yep. All right. Speaking of things that walk and have guns, why don't we talk about countering droids? All right. This With fire. is a drop for the droids. This is a drop for the droids. Why don't we, before we get on to like specific ideas for each faction, why don't we talk about real quick what their weaknesses are as a faction because they do have those mm-hmm. <laughs> i know there might be some people thinking hyperbolically uh not so after lvo but um they actually do have quite a few mm-hmm. so let's talk about what those are first all right you go first I mean, Kyle. Hit, hit, you've been hit, playing hit, them a you, lot okay yes i have i have played droids a lot um not since lone star open was the last turn when i played them at mm-hmm. um but yes i've played them a lot over that time period um there's there's sort of two there's really three primary weaknesses of droids uh in my experience the first is that they have very limited access to ranged pierce mm-hmm. um you're talking about characters or you're talking about bx strike teams um they don't have a core heavy that has ranged pierce like a shotgun um they don't have other special forces units that have ranged pierce like you know wookies or something like that uh basically it's characters and bx droids that's it um and nowadays if you're taking a bx droid you're not taking a magna guard so Mm -hmm. chances are if you're facing droids they're not going to have a lot of ranged pierce and if they do it's going to be bx strike teams who have problems pushing hits through against lots of dodges Mm -hmm. so that's that's number one uh the number two is positional inflexibility um people talk a lot about ai and like oh you just coordinate all the b1s and then they all have face-ups and then ai doesn't do anything and it's like well your b1s have to be next to each other to do that right <laughs> right um and simple things like you know if there's a line of sight blocker that's like in the middle of an important part of the table uh that you need to move around and that line of sight blocker is wider than range one you have to pick a side <laughs> to go around yeah because you can't go over the middle of it and you don't want to break up your chain so you have to either leave a unit behind it you know to keep your chain continuous or you have to pick a side yep. just simple things like that like flanking is a little more difficult for them mm-hmm. um being flexible as to like you know adjusting to a different part of the battlefield on the particularly the long edge to long edge deployments mm-hmm. battle lines um disarray uh advanced positions basically um, you know, it's a little bit harder for them to adjust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what did I say? Three things. What was the third thing? Oh, the way of white saves for the yeah. most part. 
obviously Every Magna Carta are an yeah. exception to this. Uh, but generally speaking, like B ones die when you shoot them. <laughs> like you're gonna take you're gonna take that paint that you rolled on your hit roll, and you're gonna take it to the bank and pick up models. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to catch them out of cover. You want to just throw lots of dice at them. Yeah, I think from my experience, and and I'm saying this not only someone who's played droid players, but as a horde player myself from the Warhammer fantasy days, right? There's two things that can happen to a pilot who's driving a horde army uh, that are mistakes. And Kyle touched on one is sometimes um, when they drive a horde army, they're not thinking about doing the the kind of like the clone ball-esque thought you know where you're like like Kyle's like hey you gotta pick the right or the left hand side because you're not gonna be able to spread because most people when they have horde armies have a tendency to spread their the army out right because they're like well I have so many like I'm just gonna create this wall but what that does is you can punch through that easier and creates a weakness for for like a really strong you know fist (laughs) to punch through one of those sides and like you know like a a luke or a vader can can easily punch through one of those sides the other thing um is what again i I think they're the same as kyle's just in a different way is um horde army drivers tend to not be able to conceptualize the losses that they're taking until they've snowballed too far so what I mean by that is like, I don't know, Kyle, if this has ever happened to you, but you're like, oh, I got more B1s, like, like this is going to be fine. And the next thing you know, you you don't have any more, right? And it's just like, uh-oh, you know, I thought I had, I thought I had more bodies to throw at this problem, um, especially when something, you know, when you're not, strike teams is a perfect example, when you're not like thinking about, oh, they just picked off two and two and two and two. And the next thing you know, something comes in and and takes out two or three units because they were weaker. Um, so those are, those are usually two things I see. Yeah. And I think this is somewhat parallel to both of those based on the size of the units. Also the fact that B ones have a ton of models that also has many downsides in of itself. Um, it's really hard to hide an entire horde of B ones that, so they can't be shot. And so often right on attrition objectives, it, they might want to hide in turtle somewhere, but you can almost always pick the ones off the back, poking up the sides and get those early shots and get that attrition going while denying it back. Um, Cause like they said, they don't always play with a whole bunch of snipers at range five because it's so competitive between Magda guards and BX droids. And so sometimes you can just play at that range four ish line and punch in and out and just pick out B ones poking out and get that early attrition. Because while it seems kind of at times that there's just tons of B1s, um, those losses do add up. And if they're in the open, B1s just die to a stiff wind. So they are very cover dependent. Stiff breeze, Lucas. Stiff breeze? No, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stiff breeze. <laughs> well, like an I, example. I, I was going to let you, know you know go, I mean. but yeah, you know what? <laughs> I, I like I'm, that Kyle corrected you. <laughs> I'm usually the one me- messing up the, uh, the expressions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but and speaking can... as someone that's run b1s a lot you know you need in a seven man unit you need four models in cover yep um which is a lot yep. <laughs> like yeah you can use cohesion to to kind of hopefully get around that but generally speaking unless there's a, a table with a lot of area terrain on it um you're gonna have trouble getting all of your b1s in a position where your opponent can't take open shots at them yeah yeah um, also the suppression, the fact that they don't get cover from suppression, uh, is extremely meaningful on tables that have a lot of light cover Yep. in particular. 
because uh, you can just keep pummeling them and they don't get any mitigation for the suppression that they're taking. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just talked about snipers, right? But snipers have sharpshooter one. Um, droids can sort of uniquely be just hammered repeatedly when they're in light cover and you just take in all your hits to the bank yep. with sharpshooter one units. Um, yeah. So um, there's one more thing that I want to mention before we get to like faction specific ideas for builds and tactics. And that's um, a lot of droid lists recently have been kind of relying on critical. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you look at like the LV, the top droids list at LVO, they had um, a lot of those E5S yep. sniper rifles on the um, B1 units because they're not taking as many, much aggressive tactics, um, which means that there's a heavy reliance there on critical, which I think all of the three other factions can sort of build against. Uh, so we'll get to that too. All right, Lucas, hit us with your empire. Why is empire potentially a good counter? So, to droids yeah. and there's yeah. an lvo stat that you brought up in our chat earlier too that yeah i think would be M a good lead in here empire is in a really good place against droids right now um and a stat at lvo um separatist uh on day two was the most showed army and over the entire tournament um separatists had a positive win rate against every faction except for empire empire had more what was that? It was. It was a. It's not like it was like seventy thirty or anything like that. Was, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. all these were very close, but yeah. it was something you know, like they had fifty five percent wins against Republic, fifty five yeah. against Rebels, but they had only forty five against Empire. So you know, despite it only being small, it's still around a ten percent difference. Yeah. Uh, I guess the point I'm making is Empire was the only faction to have a positive win rate against separatists, um, and I think this kind of just has to do with the things Empire is doing well now is really good against separatists. Uh, for example, Empire has a lot of red saves between their units. And like we said before, there's not much ranged pierce in Separatists. It's mainly just the Force users. Second part of that is big dice pools. Uh, Stormtroopers, especially the T21s, are great against like B1s. When you get into a skir like skirmish, Stormtrooper T21s just start blasting B1s off the table really fast. Also, uh, Dubaks in particular just shred B1s as well. Also, B2s they shred because armor one, that's cool. But if you're not in cover, you're just blocking one hit. You still just got white saves. Yep. Um, and then do backs. B2s are terrible in melee. Yeah, <laughs> really bad. Um, and then also Magna Guards, right? They don't have Pierce in melee. And so do backs can go toe to toe with Magna Guards. And all of these units I mentioned, besides B1s, do backs are cheaper then. Um, and so do backs being one of the, a great thing in Empire right now, they just tear apart droids in all different sorts of ways. And Empire as a faction has red saves. Which, yeah. you know, we talked about access to long range pierce being a weakness for, for droids. So mm -hmm. yeah, and I think also uniquely has Empire has a lot of firepower at kind of that range three range band right now between T21s, Dubax can shoot there. When you're at that range, it's kind of the engagement range of uh Dubax or melee. Um, and so I think when you get into that scrimmage range, Empire just has so much firepower and it has these red saves that can, you know, handle taking a critical here and there from a, um, was it E5S? It can handle a critical here or there from E5S and maybe some, uh, spider droid shots. And once you close that gap, they just have much more firepower and T21s also are great against spider droids, uh, because right. You're just throwing crits. So it doesn't matter if the spider droids in heavy cover and, you know, has armor three, um, you're basically just chucking crits through that 
Um, and when you have this high crit mass and it's only white saves behind it, um, that's a really good combo, right? You're negating the main perk that uh, droids have is typically they have a lot of health because they're behind cover. And so every time you shoot them, you're just taking two hits off the top. But when, um, I mean, for example, my LVO list, I had six T21s. And so T21s, if you don't know, throw more crits than hits. So white dice has a crit, a surge and a hit, and they have critical too. So on average, rolling two times more crits. And so all that together is it negates all the defensive abilities of all these droids and just this punching straight through it. The short trooper T21B is also great. Basically all yeah. forms of T21 are great against most things that droids are bringing these days. Yep. Yeah, Empire Core in general are just really good against uh, B1s, right? Shore Troopers, like two shots from a Shore Trooper can wipe an entire B1 squad often. Um, and Storm Troopers at T21s as specialists are starting to get awfully close to doing that as well. Empire, I think, can also take the, um, you know, Scout Snipers, the, the Strike Teams, more freely than the other factions can take Strike Teams. Mm. Uh, and that's particularly good against Magna Guards who rely heavily on their saves and on uh, retinue dives. Yep. And the scout strikes just kind of bypass both of those. So great for and shipping Magna Guard. Yep. A quick sale on Saber Throw and Vader in all forms of Vader. Um, <laughs> something people don't realize is Vader with Saber Throw does the same amount of damage to Magna Guards and IRG at range two as in melee when you math it out. Because right, if you say Vader hits with six hits in the Magna Guard, but they have Immune Pierce, um, on average, you're going to block about three if they have no surges, right? So you can do three damage. If Vader throws his lightsaber into the open, hits him for three, it has Pierce three. Same amount of damage. And uniquely, right, you're a ranged band out. And so with uh, Operative Vader especially, it's pretty brutal when you peekaboo, chuck a saber at a Magna Guard that's trying to approach and just you know chunk a model and a half off basically for free. I love Anakin fire supported saber throws in the Magna Guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you can take those three red Pierce three that you know you'd be taking with Vader saber throw and then throw an entire Z6 pool on top of it. <laughs> Biggs Magna Guards fall down like B once. Yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. I, I pulled off a mortar fire support into a saber throw with Vader once. I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever done <laughs> in my life. So I get it. Yep. Yeah, ranged Pierce against Magna Guard. Money. Yeah. Money in the bank. Yeah, also a comms jammer on a melee unit can be really good. I know some people will throw one comms jammer on like a dewback because if you can get that dewback into the CIS lines, blocking all those orders uh, just buries them. And for example, if they have AI attack, they will not be able to withdraw from combat um, because they have to attack first. And so uh, some people will take jammers on my lakes. It's just good to block orders, but uniquely against droids, anything with AI attack, um, you know, if they can't pull Levix, they have an order, AI dodge, etc. cetera. Yep. Uh, Jay, why are ATSD so good against droids? <laughs> because I think that they are. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of reasons. One, um, especially with Arsenal, you know, you, you have, if you put in a vice, right. And you have arsenal four, there's a solid chance you could potentially take out like three, at least three B one units with that because of the height. So he's getting over any of the cover. Plus his dice pools are all large enough that by the time, you know, you got to plank them down a little bit, but by the time they get up, you get close to them between his kick, you can kick uh main gun, the, the, 
t- twin twin laser and the and the mortar and you can basically fire at four different units and you could take them out well and play pin down and then you're throwing those face yeah, up yeah. order tokens back and forcing them to trigger ai yep. yeah um, that one's that one's big i <clears throat> That one's tough, I find sometimes, though, because, and this just from my perspective, when you want to play pin down, uh, you're usually using it on their more um, critical units. Like, it it's usually ends up being, like, an AAT or something because, uh, you know, they're in a position to do some real bad stuff and you need to stop them. But, yes, you can use pin down for that. Sorry, I don't mean to like, that's just my experience has been not positive <laughs> with, with interrupting those chains with that. <laughs> yep. I mean, there are times when kicking out a token back though and forcing AI can yeah. be like really devastating, particularly yeah. when it comes to objective scoring. Um, like yeah. hostage, for example, forcing a hostage unit to shoot on turn two instead of double moving if that unit's like a B1 or something like that yeah. can be really good. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if B1 units need to double move to score an objective or something, you know, have make them trigger that AI and then they can only move once. So, yeah. And I mean, then that's, you know, that's uh, heavies and support units too, you know, so you could put them on those, do- you could do it with the do backs and, yep. and get a similar result. Yeah. Pin down is such a good card. I love pin down. Um, all right. What about the other, what about Rebels and Republic? Yeah. I think before we move from Empire, I got one okay. more list. I yeah, want to I'm sorry. About. Oh, for no, God's right. sakes! <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot about your. I forgot about. I your wanted to talk about my item thing. He yeah, tabled me talking about my Oh, good God! Let's, let's Empire, move from the parking Empire, lot. Empire. You know, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> right, go ahead. Um, yeah. So Iden also tactical strike. Um, said separatists don't have saves. They really cannot handle strong alpha strikes. And so if you're able to get in with Ida and some ISF, like you can blow entire units off the table off early. Um, and so a list right now that I really like is you take Iden, three ISF, one of them being Inferno, three Dubacks, all kitted out, and then just three naked core. And it's it's really good against multiple things. One, you got that big old alpha. And when you do the tactical strike on turn one, I think you're pumping out like roughly 20 crits between all your things. So you can kind of hit literally whatever you want it's pretty brutal (laughs) and then during that right you could say it's a intercept or something you deploy them in the center you do this huge alpha and now you have all your guys hiding in the middle now they have to approach the middle if they want to deal with them and your dewbacks are just approaching in the back and so it's really gross and i think it has play against all sorts of stuff because not many lists can handle that big of an alpha and then you have isf in your face and if you shoot at the ISF, you're going to just have dewbacks on you and then, you know, a turn and a half. If you shoot the dewbacks, now you just have the ISF hitting you. Um, and so it's uniquely really good against like droids because, like we said, they don't have saves. So pushing 20 crits, that's, you know, two dead B1s and then some or whatever else you want to do. You I mean spider droids, buy spider droids. You know, you can blow up two spider droids with that basically. Uh, and that's crippling. Um, I mean, we look at all these separatists that are super popular. It's like two spider droids and then whatever else you want to do, whether it's two magnas, a bunch of B1s or two spider droids and mall or something. If you blow up those two spider droids on turn one, um, you know, that's brutal. And now you have three do backs also coming over. So even if the ISF stuff goes south, 
you know, droids are going to struggle with all those dewbacks. Yeah, especially the spiders, right? Because generally, the list the list that I've seen and that I've dreamt up mostly surround them. So, like the their focal point is those spider droids, right? So if yeah. you're if you're erasing those, that's just a moral victory that you're winning right there, and you're you're already putting them down on their back foot and making question what they just did, which is always good. In, in yeah. War. 333, I think, is an army, which for those who don't know, that's the term for Iden with three ISF. And then in this case, it's three storms and three dewbacks. Um, but I think previously it was a really good army, um, but it struggled a little bit sometimes like against force users because stuff could dive in or Wookiees. Um, now that dewbacks are so cheap and you can afford to have all this, I think this list has a ton of play. But the reason I want to bring it up is it's really great in all matchups but it's really one-sided against most droid armies. And the reason he wanted to bring it up is because he's got an article this week about yeah, it. Yeah, and also so got an article. Really, plug. really important. <laughs> you know, I got to pump up those numbers to get yeah. Jay on my side. That's right. That's right. Yeah. There you go. Move up on that internal blog writer leaderboard. Yeah. yeah. We have our own ELO for uh, the Fifth Trooper employees. <laughs> CO ELO. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that list sounds terrifying, honestly. Um, yeah. All right, let's talk about Rebels real quick. Um, we talked about the reliance of droids on critical. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one thing that I think has been underplayed for a mm-hmm. long time on Rebels, and that is uh, Rebel Troopers with a heavy unit, preferably the DLT-20, um, a captain, and situational awareness. And then you, mm-hmm. take, you take four of those, and then you take two commanders with vigilance. And then permanently for the entire game, you have four Rebel Trooper units that always have at least one dodge because of Nimble and Vigilance, uh, and they block crits with that dodge. So, um, you know, hopefully you're able to get in some cover. That's basically three hits that you're three paint that you're shaving right off the top of every dice pool, and one of those can be a crit. So they also hit like a truck, by the way, a six man Rebel Trooper unit with a DLT 20A. That's what um eight dice of which seven are black and one is white and you have critical one (laughs) yeah it's real brutal it's a short trooper pool with but you're replacing one of the white dice with the black dice yeah so (laughs) it is really strong and that's only 77 points 77 points yeah it got cheaper right the recent points update i don't remember what it was before but i remember now yeah, I think it's 77 points now. So, And I think uniquely also, um, that list before would sometimes struggle if you had like snipers on the other side, right? Because the snipers could just outdo that and ignore everything you're trying to do. But with snipers becoming less popular, I think that army has more play. Because um, at least the list I remember you doing had like Cassian and Chewie and some other things to kind of yeah. edge out in that sniper war. Uh, but I don't think you need to win the sniper war quite as much because you're not going to see it as often. So like you could potentially fit like an operative Luke in an army like that. Well, now you can take true with protector for those. Cause yeah. Protector's a thing and it wasn't yep. before. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Take, take Chewie for those high velocity snipers. Just have him eat those. Yeah. I find with rebels too. Um, so two things, one is, like Lucas was saying with Empire, like the core units all have a ton of dice, like on, on the Rebels. So like, you know, the Vets, you've got the the range four and it's four white dice critical too. You've got, you know, if you wanted the Z6, right, you can be tossing 10 dice 
easily into a unit of B1s if you wanted. But the other thing I think Rebels uh, benefit from too is with Horde armies, as you're moving up the field, you end up putting yourself in these tough positions because you're trying to get the Horde where it needs to be. And Rebels uniquely have a ton of units in almost every single category that are really like momentarily explosive um, and explosions being one of those options, but, but where you, when you're, when your opponent's moving up with CIS with a horde army, at some point they're going to be in a position where they're stretched, right? They have, it just, it's part of being in a horde army. And so if you can get a number of units, T-47s are really good for this, right? That can be patient and then, and then, click over at the exact right time and you can do severe damage to to uh to an army like that b47s in particular are great because b1s hate being flanked yeah um and t47s are great at that like i did this a lot at uh when i played t47s at socal like if you just get right around that barricade you know take an aim throw those six dice get five or six hits he's rolling five or six saves right you know on white saves with probably no surge like you're going to pick up four to five v1s every time a t47 yeah shoots them so and a recommendation i would make to all repulsor vehicle users you only have one compulsory move you only have to move once and you don't have to move in a straight line you can literally circle until you're ready and then go do what you need to do. Like that's a huge mistake. I think a lot of people when they first pick up the speeder, any speeder, right? They they just run them straight at the lines and and then they die. But really, um, especially bikes and in the T forty sevens, the more patient you are with them, the the higher the rewards going to be when you when you unleash them because mm-hmm. your opponent will be out of position and you'll be able to flank much easier at that point. Can we also talk about the best ion weapon in the game besides spider droids? And that is Bistin. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, as, as an ATST player, I freaking hate Bistin. I hate him <laughs> so much. This one's for you, Stabcast Ryan, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say it right here now in this cast. Bistin is good. You can quote Welcome me. to the Church of Bistin. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, he's 84 points. If you want to give him like duck and cover and recon intel, it's 88, which is totally reasonable for a pretty tough unit that yep. throws an ion token at range four with a decent quantity of dice. Like, yeah. And, and rotate ion tokens. So. Right, and can infiltrate, so can get in the perfect position. Yep. Like, especially uh, as a rebel player, if you, you know, Generally, if I'm running two ATSTs or if I'm running an AAT, you know where I'm going because it's it, you'll see it coming. Um, that's the whole point with big vehicle, right? It's like, even though you see it coming, I'm going to do it anyways, and I'm going to make you stop me. Um, uh, the Pathfinder Swoop is standard. Perfect for that because they just infiltrate. They're like, yeah, I see the lane. It's going to be right here. And so yeah. I'm going to park right here behind this building. And when you come around, I'm going to shoot you and then you won't move <laughs> for a while. And it sucks and I hate it. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely a way to do it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Finally, yep. Republic. 
I, I don't know enough about this to tell you what, but I would assume it's some sort of mix of force user and uh, token sharing is where. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, it's it's hard to talk about Republic right now because their internal balance has always been bad and it's still bad. <laughs> it's all over like, the place right now. Um, it's basically the Yoda show. Yoda's really good. Um, Wookiees are still really good. So you're probably trying to find a way to make some combination of that work anyway. Um, I will say against droids specifically, just having red saves with surges on your clones, very solid since they can't, you know, usually pierce you at range. Um, and if they can, you've got shared dodge tokens. So even the BX sniper strikes against like a clone ball is like, eh. yeah. um, so red saves good. That's a, that's a category, uh, that's that's in the plus category for Republic generally. Um, fire support. If you're talking about you know fire supporting uh, something like a flanking bark, uh, or an Anakin saber throw, or a Wookiee range two shot, you know throw a Z six on top of any of those, and you're going to be forcing a ton mm. of saves, which is what you need to be doing against droids. So, um, I would kind of narrow it down to those two things primarily: red saves and fire support. Yeah. Right, if you're able to get uh, a flanking fire support with Anakin, especially, um, you can basically have your pick and one shot almost everything. Like, yep. you can hit a spider droid, wipe it off the table, B1s, shred them in the open, Magna Guards, B2s. The bigger the dice pool, the better against Separatists. Yep. Okay, so for each one of these factions, I know we talked about what units, right? So is there like specific play style that you would use and tactic that you would use with each, with each faction? I know we kind of nipped at it with, while we were talking about each one, but. I think a common thread I've noticed through a lot of it when playing against separatists is you want to be really careful around the range four band. I often find in my games, um, when I've had success against Separatists, I often try and stay behind line of sight covering terrain and then just close the three and start the slugfest because you're going to, you know, take out those white saves and be able to handle it. Uh, because right now, especially with spider droids and B1s with E5Ss, at range four, you know, they're going to dominate these little plinking shots. And, um, right, if you poke out with the sniper, you might get knocked off by a spider droid or an E5S. I think, uh, you know, John Bushman talked about this in his final game early on he went forward with the sniper and didn't realize a spider droid could flank it and it took it out and so i find the thing is really preserving yourself at long range and then closing to that mid-range and then just opening fire with everything because we talk about there's a lot of b1s but those b1s start going down like really fast once you start unloading into them um i had a game at lvo that was sabotage moisture evaporators and i was blue my opponent had the you know the magna guards with uh with rockets and a bunch of B1s with E5Ss. And I basically just sat behind cover and, and like forced him to approach. And then as soon as he got into range three, um, my one mistake was I poked out at one point to shoot a Magna Guard with a sniper and then he clinked it off with an E5S. And then, so that's what I kind of realized is like, honestly, at this point, you just want to sit there. And then once it's range three, engage with everything because once they start shooting, the B1s just start, you know, falling right off the table. Yeah. So I'd say be careful of those long range clinking shots because, um, Right. If you're if you're each only getting a couple of hits through here and there, like droids can spare that. 
And when you're using smaller dice pools, you're playing to the advantage of joys, which is they can use cover to shave off hits. So you want to get to that closer range where your dice pools get bigger and you're pushing way more over cover. Because right when you're at long range, smaller dice pools cover as a bigger play. Cover benefits the bad save. And so I think you want to, like I said, either play range five, but be real careful because they have range four things that can blink you or, you know, just completely hide your stuff and then at range three push in. Because once I was at range three, uh, my opponent couldn't, you know, plink at my snipers anymore at the E5Ss because he needed to be shooting my storms. And at that point, my snipers could just, you know, open range, shoot the Magna Guards in the open. Um, so I found, you know, with snipers, it's almost sometimes a trap against droids to be shooting at long range until there's other targets that are juicier because those plinking shots are exactly what they want to do against your snipers, right? Just put a crit here through there, here and there while you're just taking out B1s every so often. Yeah, I, I agree. And even if it's like, um, for those of you that are playing highly aggressive lists, like whether it's a Vader, triple do back list or Wookiees, um, you're, you know, you gotta have patience. Um, and this is coming from someone that doesn't have any, like Kyle knows he's played me. I have zero patience. Um, but it's something that I've been working on and something I'm trying to be better at, um, is, sometimes the aggression and running straight at your opponent is the right move and there's just nothing they could do about it. But when, like Lucas was saying, uh, all these droids lists right now are really dangerous at range four. So when you're being aggressive, they've already whittled you down by the time you get to them to do what you're supposed to do. So your best bet is either wait for them if, if you can, um, or try to like sneak around in line of sight and just, and then get into the range three is usually like Lucas said, is the right range, but yeah, patience, you're going to change your game style from what you've been playing and you're going to have to go, okay, I'm playing droids. I need to be more patient and I need to be more thoughtful with how I, how I push forward. Yep. Yeah. You want to threat saturate at three. I will say the ex possible exception is that I think there are some lists that I can outshoot them at four, particularly like a short trooper. Um, Empire gunline because you have those two with mortars and shores. The mortars. Yeah. yeah. You may or may not have Bosk. Um, you know, so that's probably the one exception. But I think that list could also shoot them at three, though. Oh, yeah. So no it's question. like you don't, yeah. But uh, at least that list, I don't think you have to wait until you get to three to start yeah. doing that. Yeah. That, think, uh, that whole Krennic Bosk uh, Death Trooper shoreline. Oh, man. That thing is back in style, I, baby. I faced one I'm of those over the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tempted to try it again. That was the one that uh, I got all my good showings back in the day before I was washed up. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I um, I was playing uh, against the guy over the weekend who was running that, and I was running Anakin, basically an Anakin clone gun line. Um, I did manage to pull out the win because Anakin is awesome. Um, but uh, it can really put out, like that Empire shoreline can still put out a lot of, like there was this, you know, coordinated fire turn and he'd, like I forgot what this is like because I haven't faced shores in a while. But you know, he'd pass a name to a shore unit, and then from target and like their own aim action, suddenly they've got three aims, and then he had like officers in there for an extra dice, and it's like, okay, roll nine saves. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, I remember this being a thing. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think one thing going back to what Jay was saying about playing aggressively, sometimes you can be patient. Um, you can also make that push, but key is to stay behind line of sight blockers. A lot of times as we're making that push, right, we want to take those plinking range four shots. And I think the difference is many times against these droid lists, 
don't even go for those cheeky range four shots, just, you know, push to those range three line of sight blockers. And as with every gun line, you know, make sure not to overextend with anyone. And then once you're in just threat saturate all at one. Yep. Droids go down real fast once you start shooting them. They do. Yeah. And like, don't be afraid to shoot B1s. It kind of looks intimidating, but once you shoot them, they fold. Yeah. And you, you got to kill B1s. Like the B1s are important, you know? Yeah. So shoot them, make yep. them die. Don't just let them dump dice into you without yeah. recourse. Yeah. Yeah. Probably that's the other thing, right? Like make them pay for every inch that they're taking because mm-hmm. it seems overwhelming at first, but as you're planking them down, that, that attritional, it'll, it'll come sooner than you think it will. B1 mm-hmm. pools get really bad when you start shaving dice off of them. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. the E5S, right? That's the real yeah. popular one now. Um, and as soon as you start whittling that unit down, right? Critical gets worse every fewer dice there is in that pool. Yep. Yeah, they don't have four dice heavy weapons like Empire does mm-hmm. know, to backload their their units with. So all right, any other thoughts, gentlemen? No, that's a good round don't be afraid of the clankers just put them in the recycling bin there you go (laughs) take that clankers (laughs) perfect (laughs) all right well uh i guess we should just sign off if nobody has any final thoughts yeah go go out there use those use those snipers kill those droids not necessarily at the same time um we are the notorious counters of kyle I'm Jay. I'm Lucas. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs>